of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Hey, good morning. Thank you for joining us. It's that time once again, 11 o'clock Central African time. Thank you for joining us. Uh, if you're joining us outside of the country, you're on our website on www.channelafrica.co.za. Thank you for joining us uh, on DSTV Channel 802 on the audio bouquet. And uh, don't forget that you can find us on Shortwave, which is our main service into Sub-Saharan Africa, on the Shortwave frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31 meter band to southern africa well today our focus is in zimbabwe's economy uh we really really um have seen that this has become the big conversation currently whereby everyone is talking about how uh, Zimbabwe's economy is going to recover. Uh, Zimbabwe's finance minister, Mtuli Ngube, has warned Zimbabwe to expect pain during the reform process aimed at setting the country on the path to economic recovery. He was speaking last week Friday when the recovery plan was being launched, which includes proposals to slash government spending cut government jobs and increase taxes. The government of Zimbabwe has launched a transitional stabilization program as Zimbabweans are battling with sharp price increases. Almost sounds like South Africa, really. Shortages of good uh, owning to panic and low confidence. Now, this transitional stabilization program is an economic reform program aimed at realigning price distortions in line with the country's vision. 2030. Let's listen to this report by BBC's Shingai Nyoka as she contextualizes this particular issue. Finance Minister Dr. Mtuling Ngube on Friday in the capital launched the Transitional Stabilization Program. Dr. Ngube explained the rationale for introducing the new 2% tax on transfers from $10 to ten thousand dollars. Oh, I'm a very sensitive person. No, not hundreds, but I'm also pragmatic. I think that let's be honest, colleagues, we need to stop the bleeding. I'm faced with a bleeding patient. We stop the bleeding, and this is uh, one way to to do that. Uh, secondly, we we cannot do this without pain. My view is that the more pain we take at the beginning, in the first year or two, after that we stabilize our macroeconomy. After that, we all be happy that we, we took the pain together as a nation at this stage uh, and we go forward. The finance minister added. People don't realize that they are already indirectly paying for the weak economy that we are faced with. It's not direct, it's indirect. All we are doing now is together fixing it by doing some sacrifice to do that. That's what we are doing. So that, that as a preamble is how I, I think about this. But secondly, it's true that the economy has been informalized. But thanks to, to the mobile telephone companies and banking system, that has been deepening on the use of electronic money. So you find that measures that were effective before in broadening the tax base are no longer effective. So we have to come up with new measures for that, and this is one new measure. Clearly, the, the, the previous tax arrangement was regressive because at the higher end 
uh, you know that people were paying very, very little in terms of size of transactions. So this is, is introducing some, some fairness, and I think that is, that is well, welcome. During the TSP launch, the finance minister announced an increased gross domestic product GDP from 18 billion US dollars to 25 billion US dollars despite the challenges. Meanwhile, Zimbabweans are pessimistic over the TSP arguing it's similar to the economic structural adjustment program ASAP of the 1990s which led to the economic collapse and hyperinflation. In Arare, Zimbabwe for Channel Africa, this is Simon Muchema. Apologies for that introduction. That was uh, uh, by Simon uh, uh, Muchemo instead of Shingai Inyoka, but really contextualizing some of the issues there that were highlighted by Zimbabwe's finance minister, Mtuli Ngube, last week when he did speak about the reform process that is being envisaged by Zimbabwe's current government. Now, to assist us on really looking at this particular issue, we joined on the line from Zimbabwe itself, uh, Harare, if I'm not mistaken, we have Lavmo Kadenge, president of the Zimbabwe Economic Society, and also on the line, Dr. Webster Zambara joins us once again on our program. He's a senior project leader for peace building initiatives at the Institute for Justice and Reconciliation. Thank you both, gents, for giving us your time. Um, can you hear me there, Mr. Lavmo? Am I clear enough for you on your side? think we lost uh, love more there on the line let's see if i've got dr zambara on the line dr zambara are you there with us yes please thanks for having me fantastic thank you for giving us your time we'll see if we can reconnect with mr kadenge there who's joining us from uh, zimbabwe let's look at zimbabwe's economic challenges these include a ballooning budget deficit a huge trade deficit and also we're seeing a crippling foreign currency shortage where do you think this new administration should start to turn things around? We know that the Zim dollar, everyone is, is grappling to attain it in Zimbabwe. In that particular audio we were speaking, they were speaking about how also the economy has been really informalized. How do you change the situation, Dr. Zambara? Well, uh, I would say the what's happening in Zimbabwe is a culmination of... Uh, uh, many things that have been done wrongly by the previous government uh, of Robert Mugabe mm-hmm. when they introduced the bond note and claimed that uh, it was it is equal to the U.S. dollar. And uh, to the generality of Zimbabwe, and I think um, uh, many people feel that uh, there's a saying attributed to Albert Einstein which says insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. This is what we find on the street where people don't have um, trust in what's happening. And the trust deficit uh, that we see playing out in the economic cycle is very closely linked to the trust deficit that is on the political uh, level, where we have a disputed election and uh, we have a government whose legitimacy is, is challenged even though legitimately they won in a court of law. Mm. So right from the beginning, what needs to happen is to build the trust between the governing and the governed, especially when policies are just thrown out and people realize that actually the bond note is, a, is not a dollar. And people are told 
suddenly your the, the your accounts are separate mm. the bond is not account in the foreign currency account mm. and these are things that we have been we have walked this journey before so there's a lot of mistrust so you find whenever there are shortages some shortages because the shortages are real it triggers panic buying and in no time things have changed in one week i was in zimbabwe last week and what i'm seeing what i'm reading today is totally different from what I saw uh, just last week. So it's a conundrum of many factors mm. that are called, uh, both political and economic. All right, let's stay with that particular point that you're making there, Dr. Zambara. If we're not going to actually have the same mistakes repeated and also make sure that we uplift that trust factor from the citizens themselves, um, Nagagwa has to actually reaffirm himself, and it seems like he's doing that in a different way. I mean, here they're talking about issues of uh, increasing some taxes and there's an issue of slashing government spending. That's going to be worrying because it's going to hit the citizens themselves, especially when you see the fact that they're also thinking of cutting government jobs. I, there's no doubt that if you read the, uh, the situation on the ground, if you read what Mnangagwa government is saying, they seem to have very good intentions. But good intentions, when there is no trust, it's not the same. What they should have done, I guess, is to be very clear, for example, it's only later that uh, President Munangagwa tells the people that there is going to be some pain in trying to recover from the losses we have been incurring. But the bigger question is lack of accountability here. You just tell the, the nation that we are in serious debt. But people don't know where the money that was borrowed went to. And this is where the bigger problem is. The people who are already suffering are going to pay again Mm. for the debt that has grown. But people have not been told where did the money that has been borrowed locally and internationally gone to. And that is the huge gap because we know the country is in a serious pitch. And it has to, there's going to be some pain in getting out of where we are now. But if we don't tell the people that the money that we have borrowed mm. went to these channels, the hospitals are empty, uh, salaries have been wiped mm. the moment they declared that the foreign, uh, uh, foreign currency and the uh, bond not are separate, uh, people's savings uh, have been wiped out. Taxation has increased, and this taxation is going to the poor who are already suffering. So that lack of trust is grows in such in that period where you have people who have been suffering, being told to suffer more by people whose lives are exhibit a lot of opulence. Mm. So as long as people don't know where the money that was borrowed has been channeled to, it's like we are saying your purpose as the poor is to feed the rich. All right, let's see if we've got uh, Mr. Love Mukadenge back on the line. The interesting points that are coming there from Dr. Zambara emphasizing the issue that the people that will bear the brunt of the increases of these taxes and also uh, the fact that the recovery plan includes a slashing of government jobs and also the fact of government spending. It seems like uh, it's going to be a real hard journey for the ordinary citizen on the ground. Mr. Lovemore, uh, let me see if I have you on the line. Can you hear me from your side? 
Yes, I can hear you now. Fantastic. Let's look at Hello. this particular plan. I can hear you also very clearly from this side. What are your thoughts of Zimbabwe's finance minister Mtulu Ngube's announcement to actually, um, you know, deal with the, the economy? He made a huge announcement uh, last week where he was highlighting the fact that uh, uh, they have to actually cut their own spending as governments to actually create a form where they can see a, 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 or deliver an economic recovery plan. Well, I, I think it was a major uh, statement coming from uh, uh, Dr. Tuli uh, Nube. But I think so the, the issue is, I think what Zimbabwe needs is uh, an emergency. So the state supply of key things such as fuel, food, mm-hmm. and so on. And, and then we also need a medium-term solution to start to rebuild our production sector. As you know, our problem has been the indiscipline. Uh, our government spends more than it uh, it has. Uh, I joined you later, but uh, there is this whole issue of the uh, reserve bank debt redemption bill, mm. where you know um, about 1.5 million, 1.5 billion dollars. Uh, is not owned by the ordinary taxpayer. Yet the people who actually borrowed or were given tractors, some equipment and so forth, are all known. In fact, they are legislators. I remember we had a discussion the other day. So the problem we have as a country is not necessarily you know, on the revenue side. In my view, the issue came from uh, Dr. Uh, the Minister of Finance is to raise finance uh, that the burden is now being on by the ordinary person. Uh, yet, what really the problem is, uh, you know, our debt is quite huge, and the issue is where did the money go? And I think that's the major uh, challenge, you know. Although the Minister of Finance has articulated his solutions, which involves cutting uh, government expenditure, dealing with the debt issue, and the revising industry. Uh, some of these things will take time. But I think currently, you know, coming to work just this morning, uh, the issue on the ground in Harare is not looking good because of the issues which has brought up, the tax mm-hmm. which has brought up this uh, 2% transition cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I think also there has been the issue in terms of consultation. Was there enough consultation? Yeah, I doubt very much. Mm. Well, let's look at also another issue, um, uh, Love more in terms of uh, the fact that Zimbabwe was previously known as the breadbasket of the continent. Um, and, you know, it had a lot of um, its um, economy benefiting from its agricultural strength. How do you think... Uh, Zimbabwe should revive its potential in agriculture? Yes, certainly. Our agricultural sector once employed directly and indirectly almost 70% of the population who contributed about 25% of the GDP and contributed 60% to industrial input. And so it is the key to our overall economic recovery. 
Uh, but I think the issue which we must do is also to remove the conflict, you know, on the land issue uh, through the compensation uh, aspect, mm. which I know the government tried to do, rationalize this ownership pattern mm. through land audits, uh, because, you know, currently the people who are in the farms cannot borrow from the bank you know, mm. in order to develop their infrastructure and irrigation. So for us to reclaim our dominance in tobacco and maize and also export what cultural products to Europe, uh, we need also to look at the issues of the climate change. Mm. Well, I'm going to take a quick break and I'll come back to some of those concerns that you highlighted, uh, Mr. Kadenge, especially the big challenge in Zimbabwe's agricultural uh, sector, which is the fact that you highlighted that farmers can't really borrow from banks as they don't have enough collateral. So what kind of empowerment skill or scheme do you think the government must create to actually assist local farmers in, in the country will deal with those particular issues? We know mining is also another sector that has been really really uh, corrupted in, in the country. Uh, how do you actually reform uh, the mining industry as well is another big question for Zimbabwe. It's 23 minutes past 11 o'clock Central African time. I'm going to take a quick break and I'll be back after this. Are you looking for opportunities to network with Africa's business leaders? Do you want to engage with movers and shakers and participate in master classes presented by industry experts? Then, here's your personal invitation to attend the 4th Annual Africa Women Innovation and Entrepreneurship Forum and Exhibition taking place on the 8th and 9th of November in Cape Town, South Africa. If you want to register, then visit www.awiefor.com um.org again www.awiefourum.org if you cannot make the event then don't worry you can follow it through live broadcasts on channel africa channel africa bringing you the african perspective How do you think we can reform the economy in Zimbabwe? Do you think the government stands a chance with these new proposals of uh, slashing government spending, cutting government costs and increasing taxes to ordinary people on the ground? What are your thoughts of that? Remember, you can find us on our Twitter handle at Channel Africa One or at uh, African Dialogue. We want to hear your thoughts regarding uh, that particular issue. If you're just joining us now, we have Dr. Webster Zambu who's the senior project leader for peace building initiatives at the Institute for Justice and Reconciliation and also we have Love Mokadenge who is the president of the Zimbabwe Economic Society uh, Dr. Zambara, very interesting insights coming from um, Mr. Kadenge, especially looking at the fact that uh, Zimbabwe's agricultural sector is going to suffer if we don't find any ways of making sure that uh, the, the land reform issue is also uh, looked into. And also the fact that how do you actually borrow uh, farmers when they don't have enough collateral? What are your thoughts on those pointers that he made? Thanks. My, my colleague is quite spot on there because already we are in October. Uh, the agricultural season preparations 
We are not talking about them already, and yet the agricultural season in Zimbabwe starts in November. That already gives you a bad sign, especially when the uh, when there is a prediction that there will be El Nino weather pattern that may uh, increase pot- potential for droughts. But at the core of our recovery, I think the, the, the most important thing that we need to do is to increase local production so that we substitute importing basics, basics like food, basics like those basics that we should be producing in Zimbabwe, and that should be prioritized. It's only when we increase production that exports can increase, and then we can start looking at how uh, we can earn foreign currency from that. Because if you look at our economy in Zimbabwe, it's agro-based, so agriculture still remains as the mainstay, and mining, and tourism, and manufacturing. But the last one, manufacturing, is mainly based on how productive agriculture and mining has been. Mm. That is, that's the only thing that triggers it. So as long as we have uncertainty in terms of land ownership, in terms of how many farmers have been given the 99-year leases that, have been, uh, that are now on, uh, on board, it remains an opaque area as who would want to invest when they, uh, they don't have that lease. Mm. On the other hand, what are we... Go- so far, there's a talk of compensating farmers, white commercial farmers, because it's a constitutional mandate mm. and it's a requirement also from, financial, from global financiers as to uh, making sure that we balance on that one. But the government is broke. And it seems the government is failing to be very honest with its people that we need to get out of this situation uh, in a way that the responsibility is shared both by government and the people. At the moment, it seems it's so one-sided. That's why people are confused and people are not uh, confident that we have entered a new dispensation uh, that has got a new era and economic ethos that are different from the past. It's still yet to be seen. All right, let's look at uh, th- those particular issues that you've highlighted, Dr. Zambara. I want to stay with you, especially when it comes to that issue of the land reform program that was introduced by the former president, Robert Mugabe. Do you think that should be relooked? Do you think that there should be a, a new strategy in that regard? Also, look at those particular leases because most of them are said to be given through or by um, political alliance or comradeship uh, at the time that, that they were given in the country. I think that is the tag that President Munangagwa has to get out of very quickly, where land redistribution is seen as a partisan rewarding of. Uh, uh, the, the patronage system of ZANU-PF. Mm. Land is a national asset, an important national asset that should be treated with the economic uh, focus, that should be treated uh, with, with the leverage that uh, our economic situation should be uh, emancipated using our land as an asset. And as of now, it's, there have been some land audits and it has been proven that there are senior ZANU-PF officials who own more than one farm. And unless we deal with those fundamentals and we become clearer in our policy making and implementation, I think we may actually lose the next agricultural season unnecessarily. 
because here is a time where the, the ethos of a new dispensation is being preached, but we don't see the speed happening to rectify some of the challenges regarding our land uh, and agra- agrarian uh, procedures and, and uh, changes. Mr. Kadenge, do you agree with uh, Dr. Zambara? From my viewpoint, listening to the finance minister, it seems like uh, he was running away from proper political reforms, especially when it comes to that land issue. Yes, it's actually true. Uh, but, but what we must accept is that uh, the issue of land reform is irreversible. You know, but I think there are critical issues that uh, farming must be treated as a business. So we need to remove this mutual uh, farm ownership we have recently seen, as uh, Dr. Zambara has mentioned, uh, some of our big chefs with multiple farms. But you cannot let the ministers and collected people owning unproductive farms just for the sake of ownership, whereas we are actually importing food. So we have to use all our land uh, so that we, we, we grow our food. In the- oh, we've lost uh, Mr. Kadenge there. seems to be struggling with that particular line. It is a line that is going over into uh, Zimbabwe. So we'll try to reconnect with them because I still want to get his insights there on what he thinks about the process of changing things, especially when it comes to issues of land ownership. But we're going to take a quick break. What are your thoughts? Remember, interact with us on our social media. Channel Africa 1 is the numeric 1 at Channel Africa 1 or uh, our uh, Twitter handle that's more aligned with this uh, program at African Dialogue. We want to hear your thoughts. Let's take a quick break. It's 11.32 Central African time. Very interesting conversation between our two uh, gentlemen who are joining us on the line there. And we'll be back after this. Welcome to Change Your Game on Channel Africa, the African perspective. We are coming to you from Johannesburg, right here in South Africa. I'm Asanda Beda, your host. Change Your Game, the program that promotes open discussion and social dialogue as we highlight real issues in the African entrepreneurship ecosystem. Trevor Mumba now joins us in studio to talk about his entrepreneurial and personal journey. Welcome to Change Your Game, Trevor. Thank you so much. Um, It's an honor to be here. Palesa Mukubong, who's a designer. Welcome, Palesa, to Change Your Game. Thank you. Your role at the fourth annual Fashion Without Borders event? I just know that I need to arrive and, and, <laughs> okay. and do my part and do it really, really well. Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. Remember, you are listening to African Dialogue. We come to you every Monday to Thursday. We look at the big subject matters on the African continent, contextualizing the major issues. The big issue in discussion currently is Zimbabwe's economic recovery. It seems there are a lot of uh, uh, people not quite sure if uh, the current uh, um, system or the current vision that has been laid down by the current uh, government in 
in Zimbabwe is actually going to assist the people on the ground. We've been speaking to Love Mokadenge, president of the Zimbabwe Economic Society, joining us from Harare. And also on the line, we have Dr. Webster Zambara, who is joining us from South Africa, a senior project leader for peace building initiatives at the Institute for Justice and Reconciliation. I think we have uh, Mr. Love Mokadenge back on the line. I'm sorry that we lost you there for a moment, but you were speaking about the reforms that we need to look at in terms of the, the land issue in order to make sure that uh, the land is properly utilized, Mr. Kadenge, and make sure that uh, there is a way of not just seeing a land that is owned uh, by a politically aligned individuals but is vacant and not being utilized. Yes, that's very correct. Because the problem also is without access to funding as well, you know, we are unable to revive our economy. And funding can only come when people have a guarantee that someone will be on the farm for a longer period and so forth. So we have seen creative methods through contract farming and also command agriculture where inputs are provided to farmers on the basis of them repaying their loans from their output. And this actually has worked quite well, you know, in maize and tobacco, and it has increased our output. Uh, but however, the long-term increase uh, in our productivity requires new technologies, and that long-term capital is lacking, but it requires security, requires security of Kenya, and also being able to go to the bank and borrow money. And also another worry is when we see organizations or monetary organizations such as the International Monetary Fund rather saying that they're also ready to help Zimbabwe craft a debt clearance strategy anchored in fundamental economic reforms. Should we be worried around the IMFs of this world, Dr. Zambara, because um, sometimes they impose a certain structural reforms in the economy for them to actually assist in some African economies? How do you think Zimbabwe should approach the issue of its indebtedness? Uh, one of the fears that uh, uh, Zimbabweans and generally uh, developing countries would always have is that in many instances where you get uh, loans from Bretton Wood institutions, the World Bank and the IMF, the debt payment strategy will always uh, be more painful to the borrower. And uh, we have been there before when uh, we introduced the economic structural adjustment programs and uh, the policies and programs that were that we had to follow resulted in more pain than joy, and it would be a road that needs to be worked with a, a lot of tact and dexterity on the part of our government in terms of wa- knowing what exactly we want to do. And uh, like my colleague Narare has alluded to. As long as we do not see farming as a business, then the chances of borrowing further and failing to have a business model in order to produce and get money out of it, we may find ourselves rushing into a bottomless pit of indebtedness. And that is very dangerous. And that's one thing that uh, uh, our government negotiators should, uh, should be able to, to, 
to deal with right from the beginning, rather than just accepting re-crafting uh, uh, re, uh, re, re of our indebtedness. We need to actually galvanize ourselves and know that we need to get debt in order to revive. The previous debts, like I said earlier, we don't know much about them. And we, 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 people have witnessed uh, resources being abused or being channeled along political party lines to people who may not have deserved. So the, 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 the challenge now is on the new uh, government and the Minister of Agriculture who should use his clout both as an ex-combatant as and an ex-military man to be able to tell his colleagues who have got extra land to free that land without uh, without fail. Otherwise, we can be borrowing more money and pouring it into a bottomless pit uh, because we are not seeing a new strategy of uh, modernizing our agriculture and re imaging our agriculture in an economic viable business. Mm. And I want to move on just a little bit slightly and also looking at how the economy of Zimbabwe has also suffered majorly from the brain drainage when many of its professionals left the country in the last 20 years. And, uh, you know, this is another issue that is complicating the economy of Zimbabwe, the fact that, uh, Mr. Kadenge, you need that uh, uh, professional middle-class expertise level back into uh, the country, especially the skill set that was so important uh, uh, in the uh, 1990s, especially late 1990s or 1980s. We did see a a real uh, increase of the middle class in Zimbabwe that was actually uh, contributing to the economy of Zimbabwe? Yes, actually, that is correct. Uh, because now it is estimated that we have in excess of 3 million Zimbabweans in the diaspora. And uh, it was really a serious brain drain. And yes, I mean, uh, we look at the potential of brain drain and also attract them to come back home because they are key you know, to our economic development. So we need them back into the country, but we must create a soft landing for them. The country benefits a lot mm. uh, from remittances, which top about $1 billion per annum. Uh, so there are costs, but there are also really benefits. Mm. And I think one of the issues, uh, which may not be economic, but it's important, is also our diaspora. We need, you want someone to pay tax, but you also you want representation. And it was unfortunate that they are unable to exercise their rights in terms of also being able to to vote. All right, let me wrap up the conversation. And uh, I just want some clarity on another issue, um, Mr. Kadeng, especially with the Reserve Bank governor this week saying that the country aims to separate local and foreign currency bank accounts and a new tax on goods trucks as part of measures to ease the shortage of U.S. dollars since the country dumped its own currency. And we know this happened back in 2009. What's your take on this particular strategy that is being implemented by the Reserve Bank? Yeah, I, I think this was an obvious move, and I agree mm. with the logic that, that those who bring in the U.S. dollars must have access to it. I mean, that is only fair, because they need to continue to produce to producing exports. 
But the downside is that for many who need forex, they do not export uh, and do not generate it. Then mm. they will have to buy it, unfortunately, in the parallel market. Mm. So we've actually seen a rate summing up. Inflation is now a big danger. And uh, so this move has got a mixed effect. But what is clear now is the governor accepts that the bond notes and the US dollar are not the same. Mm, mm. But alas, at the same time, he goes on to claim that we have got a one-to-one relationship. <laughs> we we <laughs> really have a, 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 a challenge, uh, but uh, it's obvious. Mm. All right, uh, Dr. Zambara, your final statement, especially when it comes to the issue of the the currency of the country. I, I think uh, uh, we are in a state where uh, a, a quick decision has to be made now that clarifies what the position uh, is. At the moment, we are allowing. Uh, the, the, the parallel markets to determine uh, what is official without the official accepting that this is now the reality. I think we need to come to our senses and just uh, declare that this point not, is not working and uh, find a way where we don't want to go back to a situation we were 10 years ago. 10 years ago is just a few years ago where we had trillion uh, dollar worth of uh, useless money and on the uh, on, on the online channels that's where we are almost getting into so i i would wish a strong position is taken now before the situation gets worse and worse uh, we have we are seeing the shortages happening becoming more regular and that has to stop and we need to take a position that will galvanize the whole nation to realize that we can only use what we have and we need to work hard to end it. Otherwise, the season for politicking is over. The season for trying to get political votes is over. We are now into action and the action has to be seen to redeem the situation of the poor person. Otherwise, Zimbabwe will remain the proverbial country of a beggar sitting on a beach of gold. Zimbabwe is a rich country with brilliant people but this suffering has to stop. Well, thank you so much for your viewpoints and assisting us in looking at some of the key areas here after that announcement of uh, uh, the Transitional Stabilization Program. Thank you to Dr. Webster Zambara from the Institute for Justice and Reconciliation. Dr. Zambara, we appreciate you joining us this time around once again. Much appreciated. Thank you as well to Love Mokadenge, President of the Zimbabwe Economic Society. Thank you as well, being patient there on the line there and uh, joining us on our program, Mr. Kadenge. My pleasure. Thank you very much.